Welcome to the Jackie Service Show. I'm Jackie Service, where we are talking all things people strategy, entrepreneurship, and how hiring the right humans will unlock the next phase of growth in your business. As a former corporate VP of HR, my life completely shifted when I learned I had a brain tumor. From this moment forward, I knew that there was more. I dove headfirst into healing, mindset work, and spirituality. And from this space, my entrepreneur journey was born. Now I am a people strategist and founder of Serve Recruitment Agency, a boutique recruitment firm that helps scaling companies hire aligned leaders for growth. In this podcast, I'm going to share about my business journey, entrepreneurship, leadership, and how hiring the right humans unlocks massive potential. Welcome to the show. Are you confused about hiring? You're not alone. Majority of leaders struggle to figure out who they need, in what roles, and when, and how these people will have the greatest impact on the growth of their business. This is why we created People Strategy Sessions to do a deep dive into your business and help you build a clear roadmap on the talent you need to drive sustainable growth. We dive into your greater why, where you are today in your business, where you want to go in your business from a growth standpoint, and ultimately, who do you need to enable that growth overall? For more information, please send an email to Jackie at JackieService.com or feel free to reach out at Jackie Service across all platforms. Welcome back to another episode of the Jackie Service Show. Oh, I'm excited for this one because we're going to dig into a lot of different areas in life and business with a newfound friend who I met through Dan Martell in an elite coaching program, Adam Roach. Welcome to the show. Jackie, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. I love it when you can start a conversation and the person across from you is like, no questions off limits. I'll talk about anything. Here's <laughs> here's what I love to jam out about and just gives full permission to go into the conversation, allow it to lead us where we need to go today. Totally. Super excited for that. I mean, clearly I have experienced a ton. I, if, if For those viewers, I have no hair. Clearly you can see. So I've pulled it all out. So I'm going to tell you everything there is to know to keep your hair. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Okay. Good to know. I pulled my hair back maybe just out of like, I didn't even know that I needed to pull my hair back uh-huh. in a bunch today, but I'm going with your like, teach us how to keep our hair model. Right. We're going to go through that today. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yes. Before we dive into your story, which is typically where I will start. I like to do a bit of a rapid fire um, question just to get people to know you a little bit better and for you to share a bit more of your philosophy in life. Love it. Okay. All right. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I stayed there only for a very short period of time because again, if you've been to the Midwest, it's very flat. It's very dull. It's very boring. And then I headed out to SoCal, Southern California, where I pretty much cut my teeth in life. Mm, I love it. Although Midwest and Canada have a lot in common. Gosh, we're nice, (laughs) aren't we? Yes. Super nice. Let me tell you, going from Indiana to, to SoCal, well, that was that was a culture shock for me because I was super nice to everybody and they were trying to get something from me, though I, I learned to get tougher skin out there for sure. I did the same. I went from Canada to the state of Florida. I was lived in Orlando for years and ran the Southeast division of a big company. And uh, yeah, I, I noticed that very, very quickly too. My sure. Canadian niceties were definitely definitely taken advantage of for the first couple months. Many different ways for sure. Yes, yes. yes. Uh-huh. All right. Where do you live now? So I now live in Charleston, South Carolina. One of my favorite American cities. Mm. It, it is, is stunning. Is it not? It is a great, you know, it's interesting. I didn't know a single thing about Charleston outside of history, uh, meaning that this is where the civil war started, supposedly. I, I don't think that's supposedly, I think it, I know it did start here. And so I had a business coach in Los Angeles <clears throat> as is after about living in Los Angeles for 13 years. And I had a family out there, uh, started raising the kids. And my wife at the time said that she did not want to raise our kids in Los Angeles. She was from the South. And um, she said, we need to move to the South. And I thought, I don't know anything about the South. What's in the South? And so I had a business coach. And he said, Adam, here's what I want you to do. Go pull out, go to the gas station. Do not pull out your phone. This was 2000, 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. He says, pull out your phone. 
I'm sorry, pull out, go to the gas station, go buy an accordion style map, the map that you have to unfold, put it on your dining room table, get a black marker and a red marker. Red marker cross off everywhere you do not want to live and the black marker circle everywhere you would live. Mm -hmm. He says, if you're talent, you'll move there and open up doors. It's like, great. So I took his advice a little bit. What I did is I literally said, I love living in Los Angeles. I love the weather. Why don't I just circle Los Angeles longitude wide, draw a line to the other side of the country. And hopefully that'll be the same type of weather. And Charleston was that uh, was that city. And so here I am in South Carolina. I didn't know a soul here. Literally wow. packed up, moved here. And now I live in what's called the low country. I love it. How many years have you been there? Let's see here. This is year 10. Oh my gosh, a decade. Well, you're living in a beautiful part of the country. I, I've been there a few times and every time I'm there, there's a new surprise. I run into a new neighborhood and the people are just salt of the earth. The best. Really yeah, it's, yeah. It's a neat, neat. It's a really neat city from a culture standpoint, from a food standpoint, from yes. a standpoint. I'm looking out my window right now. And there goes some kayakers and some paddle boarders. You know, it's just, it's just fun. We live, we live a similar life, but yet so different. I'm looking at Lake Huron and watching um, some kayakers go by right now too. So we both have water in front of us, but still different. Yeah, for sure. All right. A book you recommend to everyone. Great, great question. Okay. So I'm going to go back and share some insight about me. I was not a reader for a long time. I would pretty much say, so I played college tennis and I didn't read books even in college. I was a tennis player. That's what I did. I, I, Tennis. I didn't do anything else really, not even really school. Uh, I played a lot of tennis. And the very first book that I read out of college was The Godfather. And, mm. and I could not put that book down. I'd seen the movies and I thought this was really cool. Though the next book that I read seven times was The Titan. And that was all about John D. Rockefeller. And if you've seen it, it's about 700 pages. And I got to the point where I just wanted more and more and more to learn about that man and that family and just total world domination, if you will. And, uh, and so that was the book that I read. So I, again, if there's people out there that are looking to hear a story about an individual that was very faith-based and also very cutthroat in the business space, he was, uh, he was a dead mentor of mine. <laughs> <laughs> for mm. a long time. Mm -hmm. So, I I, so that was the very first book that popped in my head when you asked that question. Is reading now a part of your day-to-day -day, or how has that changed? Reading. Yeah, I can't stop reading. I mean, yeah. I'm here in my office. I bet I can see at least a hundred books that are just scattered all over the floor. You and I both, when I moved, so we just moved recently and I used to have a bookshelf behind me and it had all of my bookshelf lined and I'm in this new office with no bookshelf yet. Mm -hmm. We will get a bookshelf soon. And so I have 10 boxes of books and my husband's always asking like, when and where are these books going? I'm like, listen, we have a, we have our own library here. I like books. I love the physical like reality of holding a book. So you and I are the same there. I'll tell you about a book story here real quick. So John Maxwell, uh, he's, he's, he's an author. He's a leadership guru. Uh, he's become a dear friend and a, a big time mentor of mine. And so we had, my wife and I had the fortunate opportunity to spend some time in his house uh, probably about two or three years ago. And this was during COVID when we go to his exchange event every single year. And this was the year that, that you couldn't go to um, venues. And so he had everybody come to his house. And there's maybe, I don't know, 50 of us. And we got the opportunity to go into his office. And here's a man that has, has written and published over 90 books, I believe, 90 some, some books, almost 100. And he has this wall, it's probably a 10 foot, 12 foot, maybe 15 foot ceiling in his office, really, really pretty, um, very executive style feeling office. And he has all of the walls lined with books. And I mm. said, John, what's your favorite book? And he says, there's no such thing as my favorite book, but I'll tell you this. Every book that you see on these shelves, they're all signed by the writer. They're all signed by the author. He wow. says, a book does not make it on my shelf unless, it is, unless I have met and or it's been signed by the author. I thought, wow, how cool is that? That's incredible. It just shows even the impact of relationships, right? And how oh, many relationships totally. he's obviously cultivated because of that. Totally. So I, I've started that, that process. 
but of the hundreds of books that I can see, I might have one signature of the author in, in one of these books. Yeah. And it's John. Like, okay. I was, like, was it John? I'm like, it John. Yeah. Did you not take your Dan Martell book to him to get signed? I did. And I already gave it away. Yes. Okay. There we go. You and I both, you, we think similarly. I do give away things like yep, that all I, the I just time. Give it away. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, this leads to a question that we kind of touched on already, but I'm curious to hear who shows up for you, which last question in rapid fire is who's a mentor that has unlocked mindset philosophy, changed your outlook on how you show up day to day? Gosh, that's a great question. And I've had so many. So a little more about me. My father was an Olympic swim coach. Mm. And so I got to experience coaching right out of the womb, right? It was, it was something that was, I, I didn't understand coaching, if you will, that, that I was constantly in a coach space. So my father was definitely mentor number one. He has since passed. And, and that led me to the creation of the company that I have, the I Love Coaching Company, simply because I saw the impact that he had had on so many people at his funeral, that at that moment in time, I came home to Charleston, uh, did my grieving on the beach here, and literally had had a few God moments that I stopped everything I was doing, sold all my businesses and felt called to this business. And it's interesting because we have a vision statement and that is to empower coaches to change and serve a hundred million lives by using our real blueprint. And the hundred million is not an arbitrary number. It literally, as I was sitting there on the beach journaling came to me. And so, you know, John is definitely, John Maxwell is a big mentor of mine though, I got to spend the last four months with my father, and this was 2018, 19 when he passed, and I recorded everything. He was mm. bedridden. He had Parkinson's. He had many complications from it. And so I literally just sat there with him for four months and would, would ask him questions. I would set my phone up and just let it record. And, and I'll go back and I'll listen to some of those things. He, he, he coached me all the way to the end, even so much so that um, he shared with me how he wanted his ashes um, a spread and in what part of the country and how they had to be. I mean, he was, he was, he was coaching mm -hmm. all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. So to answer the question, definitely my father. Um, clearly I go into books to find mentors as well. I love to learn from experiences, uh, whether they're alive or dead, John D Rockefeller and that whole, um, that whole era of, of growth in the United States is really has been a, a mentor of mine, if you will. Though right now it's, I'd say Dan, Dan is a big mentor of mine and getting to go to his mastermind, seeing the drive, seeing the motivation, seeing, seeing the social media side, right? So that, that's an area of my life that hadn't been uh, at the forefront of my, my how to's. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I was a dot-com kid that, that was programming was something that we did and social media wasn't even around. I mean, I graduated college and didn't even have a cell phone yet, right? So, so this this growth in our in our world as it relates to technology and the social media world now, the power of the social media. Dan has definitely stepped in that space here most recently to be a great mentor in that. And again, going to his masterminds and opening up the networking space there, uh, getting to meet uh, Taki, getting to meet Brian, getting to meet these other guys that. Uh, and other entrepreneurs in the space of coaching have really, really stepped in that mentor space. Mm, I love it. And if I'm not mistaken, I saw recently you did a testimonial for, for Dan, and I think you and I joined right around the same time. So we might be in it around three months now. So it's been rel still relatively new that we've been a part of this community, or frankly, that Dan even launched coaching for other people outside of SaaS-based businesses. Right. But you've had some major results. Are you open to sharing yeah. what your results have been? Yeah. And, and I want to share this with the audience too. So I'm a big believer. And I think maybe John has instilled this in Maxwell that as I listen to him have all these books and have them all be signed, I've now gone to the point where if I read a book by someone that the book has an impact on me, I'm going right to the gram. I'm going right to the Instagram and I'm going to go find the individual. And I'm going to shoot him a DM and just say, thank you. And that's how I got into Dan's world actually was mm -hmm. I finished reading buy back your time really understood and loved the principles inside of there, made all my coaches read it, made all my coaches then share it with their clients. We did a book club on it and everything. And I simply just saw him and shot him a text and said, or shot him a, a DM and said, thanks. Let me share with you the impact the book has had. And, and again, didn't think much of it as it relates to the responses. Listen, there's many bots out there that respond, right? 
And, and there was a reply that said, thanks. And I even put in there, I would love the opportunity. No, no. The question was, what can I do to earn the opportunity to have a phone call with you? Here's my number. That was it. And I've used that. I've used that script many, many different ways. And here's a funny story about that. Um, and I'll share with you the successes is he then shot me or, or someone shot me a text, right? And said, I'd love to have a conversation with you. And I was at a tennis match and it was a professional tennis match. And I was on center court and I was watching this match and that number called <laughs> and, and it was Dan and I couldn't answer it. Mm-hmm. And so I had to send him a text and say, hey, man, do you mind if I call you back? <laughs> and uh, sure enough, I got off the court and called him back and he did not answer. And uh, so I called him back again and he did answer the second time and we get to have a quick little call. So since being in his organization and following his simple principles, um, when we, I've recruited quite a few people, quite a few coaches into our organization. Uh, and a coach represents roughly about $42,000 to us. And we've probably brought on well over 20 coaches since joining wow. Dan's program. And uh, so, yeah, he's, he's definitely pushed us into the seven figure mark. That's incredible. Congratulations on that. And it was very impactful, even as a peer to listen to the successes you've had and just the experience of following those blueprints. I know you run a blueprint yourself and how they can be so impactful. And I would agree. It's what's interesting about Dan's philosophy is everything's relatively simple. It's, you know, he really focuses on the consistency of it. Mm-hmm. And yes. just simple things like five opens, like sending sending a text or a message or a DM to five individuals and just open the conversation has led to 300 conversations in my world that I would not have had had I not taken the initiative to consistently for seven days a week send five or more. I know Eleanor pushes us all to do more. So I'm closer to 10, closer to 10 a day now that has just opened the doors to more conversations and to build true relationships with people. Well, if you think about it, that that's the nature of the whole thing is Mm -hmm. you're going to open up doors based on conversations you're going to have. If you're not Mm -hmm. having conversations, if you're not having multiple conversations, you can maybe go kick a door down, but but outside of that, you're you're not going to have a door open for you, right? That's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, let's let's change course here because I want you to share a little bit more about I Love Coaching and how you got here. It sounds like there's multiple businesses that were pre-I Love Coaching, and I'd love mm-hmm. to know a little bit more of that story. You're cutting your teeth in, in SoCal, and what are some of the businesses that show up for you, and how did you land in the coaching space? So like I mentioned before, I've been in the coaching space. It's, it's in my blood. Right. It's, it's in my blood. I played college tennis. I played what I call the pseudo professional tour, which meant real quick that I learned that I was an American, not a European, was getting my butt kicked. And so that was a very short lived stint in the pseudo professional space and then got into the tennis business. So myself and two other guys, we owned what was called the concession rights from the city of Beverly Hills to all their public tennis courts. And so we got to teach lessons on all the courts in Beverly Hills, California. And to this day, it still runs. It's called Beverly Hills Tennis. And I'm no longer a part of it. I did sell sell my ownership stake there. But that was that was step number one in the coaching space is I was running the company and I had to recruit coaches to bring them in to teach them how. I mean, they knew how to coach tennis. Uh, that was clearly a prereq. And they came in and they coached tennis. I coached tennis. And then I got into the flipping of real estate space and then joined Keller Williams Realty in the mid-2000s. And then realized that I didn't necessarily want to be in the real estate space. I wanted to teach people how to do real estate. And mm-hmm. so I got the franchise ownership of the Keller Williams Realty. And when I transitioned to Charleston or in South Carolina, the Southeast here, I started buying up the franchises. So I had the Myrtle Beach one. I had, there's there's four of them, if you will, up and down the coast here. And I own three of them. And uh, and that's when my father was heading south. And so there, there's been many simple, fun businesses between the tennis days to where we are right now. And you heard why and how I started the I Love Coaching Company. It literally was a moment in time where I had to reflect. You know, Dan teaches us about auditing, right? The buyback loop. Mm -hmm. And the reflection, the auditing time was who I'd surrounded myself with and who I had inherited as business partners when I bought these franchises. And nothing negative against them. They just weren't the who's that I wanted in my life. They were they were not the right people 
for me to align myself with to get myself to that next level of success because I was carrying the load of everything. It was not wrong. That was not wrong. That's what I signed up for. They just weren't my who's. And so I walked in and I simply said, hey, today's going to be an easy conversation. You know, I'm going to buy you all out or you're going to buy me out and I'm not attached to the outcome. And, and that then led me down to the space of great. I had a software company at the time. It's called, um, it still operates, called Recruiting Bridge. And Recruiting Bridge is a software platform that helps realtors, brokers that are recruiting agents, recruit agents. We've helped over 100,000 agents switch companies. It's really cool. And so I reached out to those people. I was Keller Williams' uh, number three recruiter in 2016 in the entire company. And um, I reached out to all my end users and said, hey, I'll coach you up on what I did for free. And so I did. And then I had a few coaches reach out to me and say, hey, we want to coach with you. I said, what do you want to coach? They said, well, we want to coach real estate. I said, great, coach real estate. But what do you want from me? They were like, we just want to be in your environment. Can we do it with you? I was like, sure. And so we did that for a little bit. I said, hey, we should start a company. And since you love coaching, I love coaching. Why don't we call it the I Love Coaching Company? And so now we have 50, I think 57 coaches all across the country. We'll scale to 100 by the end of the year. And we're having so much fun, Jackie, because we're all in the space of passion. And that is just helping other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's 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 what we say is, is we are in the space of helping people be better at what they do. Mm. And have we, so with I Love Coaching, just curious question, is it still really focused and narrowed into real estate mm-hmm. or have the coaches come in and really coach in all different industries across across yeah. the US or the globe. Yep, absolutely. So again, um, I realized that if I if I was going to go down the path of hitting 100 million people impacted by our coaches, I couldn't just do it all in real estate. And mm-hmm. so I realized that we had to transcend industry. And so we have coaches that are literally all across the country doing real estate. We have mortgage coaches, we have life coaches, we have um, health coaches, we have fitness coaches. So we we focus on the whole coaching aspect, right? So we call it the whole life coaching and that's health, wealth, and relationships. And in our blueprint, we talk about how to coach the person, not the problem. Mm-hmm. And sure, your vertical may be business. It may be real estate. It may be whatever it is, though. Again, when you're sitting there coaching someone, you're going to have to coach the person. Right. And, and that person may have just had a, a bad morning at home. They may have had bad financial situations. They may have had whatever it is that is impacting the current vehicle that they're driving. Right. Sure. You can go fix a flat tire on the vehicle that they're driving, but that's really not going to solve the problem. The problem is going to have to be you. You don't have any money in the bank. Let's talk about that. Or just had a fight with this significant other. Let's talk about that. Got a kid that's doing drugs. Let's talk about that. Right. Mm-hmm. So we, we coach the coaches to to have those types of tough conversations. I love it. Adam, I can't believe how many synergies are in our lives. It's incredible as I'm listening to your story at a deeper level. We've we've had a chance to get to know each other mm-hmm. high level, but in this conversation alone, sure. let me just let me just pull a couple of parallels to you. I swam for Canada. Okay. So your dad as a swimming coach was like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's really cool. The Olympic coach. I then played tennis in college. Okay. My and I taught tennis every summer of my life from when I was 12 <laughs> until I was 25. Sure. And my my, t- my kids are now in that world of tennis. Your kids are now also in I tennis, are they not? Mm-hmm. I love academy, that. Yep. I love that. There's a I did an executive coaching degree of which I just had such a deeper philosophy of kind of coaching the whole person and being mindful of coaching the person, not the problem, is really a philosophy I've always followed. So that really sticks out to me with what you're doing as well. So there's just all these little synergies that are showing up as you're talking. And I'm just leaning in further and further to the man you are and the impact you're making in the world. I just absolutely love it. And I love the story that brought you here. Thank you. You know, it's, it's, again, we've all heard this so many different ways. When when you get to wake up and do something you love, it's not work. This is not work to me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I get to look at the water, boats going by. I'm wearing flip-flops right now. And I get to sit here and make people, or let me rephrase that. I get to help people move forward, right? Mm. And I get to help our coaches do the exact same thing. I don't believe that you can motivate anybody. I do not believe there, you know, I, I love the social media of the world, medias of the world where everything is like a motivational conversation. I believe you can motivate someone. You can't motivate anybody. And we just sit here and just, aid people all day long. It's not work. It's not work. I love it. I love it. So tell me how many people are on the team right now? 
and the HQ team are on your, on your actual, I love coaching team. So you have coaches that then coach others. Would Mm -hmm. that be classified as your team? Or do you have like an internal HQ team that you run? Yeah, no. So my vision with the coaches is, is I intend for us to be a platform, right? Mm -hmm. So the platform is they come in, use all of our services. And here's our, here's our mission statement basically is to create a platform for coaches to maximize their, you, um, their whole life abilities through our three uniques. And our three uniques are more community, more opportunity, and more fun. And so we are constantly doing, so uh, I mentioned before we started recording that we just did our quarterly EOS training yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so that is with my HQ team. So that's my, my leadership team. And that consists of myself, an integrator, we have a VA, and we have a head coach. And the mm-hmm. head coach is there to coach the coaches in how to launch their business and start to make money. And then I coach the coaches in how to be a coach. I love this. Yes. And let's, let's dive into EOS a little bit. It's, it's a conversation that is so present in the entrepreneur world. And I went from kind of large scale corporations. I worked for fortune 50 organization and then transitioned over to running, running my own business uh, for the last eight years. And it wasn't until I found EOS that I saw the philosophies that the big fortune 50 organizations use like the PepsiCo's of the world and right. saw them and saw Gino Wickman who 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 is EOS if you have right. not heard of EOS we'll talk about it a little bit I'll get Adam's take on it as well but he breaks it down into such a digestible way for somebody mm-hmm. who is maybe starting a business or running their own business to really create the step-by-step model of how to run an operating system that's actually going to allow you to be successful. But the language is maybe a little bit different. But honestly, if you look at the principles, it's the exact same formulas that the Fortune 50 companies are running. It's just called something different and broken down through the lens of an entrepreneur running a five-person business, 50-person business, 100-person business. So talk to me a little bit, like where did you learn about EOS and when did you start to integrate it into your businesses? Yep. So EOS, I mean, in the book Traction, I mean, that, that's that's where we learn about it. And then through, we talked a little bit about my, my as my wife calls it, my boy group, which is GoBundance. Mm-hmm. And we talked about EOS a lot in GoBundance. And, and as I launched this company, here, here's what we know all entrepreneurs are great at, launching, not finishing, right? Launching, or maybe you're not launching, just, just starting. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew for this company to have success, it needed rails, right? It needed, it needed framework. And while I enjoy tactical strategies, go back to tennis days, right? Pattern-based tennis. I knew we needed to have a cadence. I knew we needed to have a rhythm. I knew we needed to have repetition with my leadership group that it was the same soup reheated over and over and over that we could see ourselves progressing. And EOS literally came into that space. I mean, I, I, I love the entrepreneurial operating system. I mean, Gino did a great job in naming it is what it is. And it's an operating system for entrepreneurs to stay within the, the framework of how to's and that is mm-hmm. how to grow your business. Yeah. I love it. And so how you've been using it for multiple years Mm-hmm, when you do something like a quarterly EOS meeting, what are you pulling together? What are you and your leadership team talking about? Yep. Great question. So we have a coach, uh, an EOS coach, mm. and John Haney is his name. John is John is great. And I'll tell you why. John John is, is fast paced also. He he likes to move fast. He's a former fighter pilot, which is really cool. And and I didn't know this. It's a total, total bunny trail. Did you know that call signs are given to fighter pilots? They're they're they are earned. You cannot give yourself a call sign. So when we saw like Top Gun, Hollywood, Maverick, and Goose, that's that's clearly Hollywood. That's fake. You earn your call signs based on how you screwed up, right? So mm-hmm. it is you get a call sign based on how you screw up. And, and John is really, really good at giving us call signs. Oh, I may or may not have a call sign of spam. And it's because I like to over-communicate. And uh, he's like, yep, no, you're, you got shut down in the email space, Adam, because you over-communicated. So my call sign inside of I Love Coaching is called spam. Um, he hasn't given me dog tags yet, but nevertheless, I'm sure I'll get them eventually. Anyway, back to EOS. So we have a a coach that comes in once a quarter 
and he sits us down and we had a, uh, nah, let's see, yesterday was, was uh, nine to five. And we literally go over the entire quarter. So we'd set the rocks for the quarter. We, we have clearly an annualized goal. We have all of our moving parts that, that are driving us towards the completion of those rocks. And we sat here and went through all of them. We were four of seven, right? So we were mm. only four of seven towards our goal uh, in, this, in this quarter. And so we had to sit there in what's called IDS, identify, discuss, and solve the, the areas that we did not reach the goals. And is it too lofty? Did we just not take the right action? Those types of things. So we sat here for that time frame from nine to five and IDS everything. And it was so neat yesterday because we even got to the point where my integrator and I, we, we, we were not on the same page when we started. And by the end of it, we got on the same page. And I, I don't mean that in a negative way. It was, she saw one way of doing something. Also, I saw another way of doing something. And by the time we IDS and, and John likes to say, smoking out the issues, we were like, oh, there it is. And we were able to get together and and um, and now we're flying again. Love this. Thank you for sharing. It's really helpful to hear it in practice and not just read it in a book, but like what actually, how do you use it? How does it, how does it show up in your business? Mm-hmm. Curious question with you on the EOS as we wrap that topic yep. up. What has your integrator unlocked for you as a founder of a business? Mm, great question. <laughs> so, so, so Jess Weber is her name. She's not for a hire. I don't care how much money you throw at her by listening to this podcast. Um, she's not going to take it. No, I'm just totally kidding. She's absolutely amazing. And here's why. So the other side of, of um, traction is the book Rocket Fuel. Rocket Fuel, then there is an assessment that you can go take to either uh, identify yourself as a visionary or an integrator. And Jess, her score in the Rocket Fuel assessment is equal visionary integrator. Really cool. Really, really cool. Now, I love hiring. I love finding talent and hiring talent. And when I saw that, I thought, ah, there's an opportunity when led properly that this individual can take the integrator role based on the visions and the ideas that I have considered myself a seagull. I'll drop and then fly away. Right. Um, She picks those up and goes and creates systems all day long. She is a system building machine so much. So I don't think I shared this with Dan, uh, she flew through buyback your time and started building systems around like buyback loop or 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 any of those models inside of that book. She built some Google sheets for it. And I, um, I already love her. I will not I will not poach or take your amazing. talent. Do not worry. But she I love will, that she was able to do this she for you. Hire. I've turned her into a coach to take all of her skill sets and coach people on how to do what she does. Though super cool. That's awesome. Jackie, that's what it is. She takes the ideas that I have that I dump every single day and we'll find the ones that are in alignment, right? This is what I always tell my clients. You've got to see the vision and you've got to see the, the, um, the action items, if you will, if they're in alignment, let's rock and roll. That's what she does. She'll find them. If it's alignment, she'll build it and then we'll move on. I love this. What I love about it too, is when I'm hearing you say, and this is oftentimes when I go in and, and work with founders initially, that's really the role that I have to bring in first. Yeah generally because we have a lot of founders or owner operators where they're trying to be the visionary and the integrator at the same time. And it gets convoluted once we get to a certain level of business and just breaks down. And we're all, we're all to your point wired one way or the other, or even if we do have equal, what I love about your integrator is she likely understands the vision and truly the, the bigness of where you want to take this but then has the chops to be be able to pull that into true systems and SOPs and playbooks. What a gift, what a gift to be able to set others up for success, to deliver to your customers, to make sure that your big ideas get delivered in a way that's digestible to all. Mm -hmm. For sure. And and I will say that I've had to pause or slow her down because it was, I mean, we have now a catalog of value that our coaches are like, I, I don't know what to use first, right? And it's like, okay, well, let's pause for a second. Let, let's let's teach them what we currently have. And then you can start to continue to build. But she is a builder. And it's ironic um, because the next iteration inside of I Love Coaching is we're going to teach these coaches how to build evergreen products. Mm. And she actually has a master's in course creation. 
who knew there was such a thing as a master's in course so creation? Cool. <laughs> I'm like, listen, how many figures do you need? Six, seven, or eight figures? We're going to get you to all of those numbers because you're going to stay right here. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. If you're listening to this, guys, and, and you are a founder that does not have an integrator, wants to learn more, Rocket Fuel Attraction, have some conversations, but get yourself an integrator. It will be a game changer and unlock both headspace time and just give you back your ability to be a visionary. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. For sure. sure. So you were talking about, okay, I love this. I love that your call name is spam. And I Mm want to come back to this for a second, because there's a principle I'm really curious to pick your brain on, which is what has failure Mm -hmm. taught you about success? What has failure taught me about success? Great question. Well, I'll I'll go back to this. So my kids, my son turns 15 tomorrow. My daughter, she'll turn 13 in August. And we have this saying, a couple things in the Roach family. Number one, the word can't, cannot be said, right? And if you say it, that's totally fine. If it slips, but it doesn't slip anymore. They literally have to drop and give 10 pushups, okay? So, So that's an interesting one right there. And before my kids were in um, at the tennis academy, <laughs> my my daughter's teacher, I think this was like in second grade, called or sent a text and said, hey, listen, your daughter told me I owed her 10 pushups because I said the word can't. I thought, okay, well, I love it. We, we definitely know they're catching, right? Uh, they're catching what we're putting down. So failure to me, and we have the other thing inside the Roach family that says you're not allowed to say it's too expensive, right? You're not allowed to say it's too expensive. Because that just means you don't make enough money to afford whatever that is. And you can go make whatever that is if it's alignment with your vision. Mm-hmm. Right? So we said, all, you're not allowed to say it's too expensive. So failure to me, because I've lived in, in both those spaces, the can't and the, and the uh, too expensive spaces. I mean, what, what, what really is failure? failure? Failure isn't, I mean, it's not real. I mean, it's just like, okay, I screwed that up. Let's, let's keep moving forward, right? I can't tell you how many tennis matches I've lost. Can't tell you how many leadership meetings that I've screwed up, right? I, sure, I don't have any hair anymore, but I'm pretty sure that's genetic, not because of my screw ups. Um, though at the end of the day, it's it's I've had some real painful ones too, and and my mom taught me a lesson a long time ago. But this is more in the financial space, and she said, Adam, they can't kill you if you ain't got it, right? So mm-hmm. so she was talking about money, and she was like, they can't kill you if you don't have it. Now. I don't know how true she was trying to, to be or what lessons she was really trying to create. Though at the end of the day, I, I, I don't even worry about money, right? It's, it's money is just an energy of a relationship that comes back and forth to us. And I was having a conversation with uh, an incoming client that wanted to work with me. And just for fun, I was like, you know what? I'm going to put a number out there that, that, that I believe value is there, but I'm not attached to the outcome if they say no, but I understand my time value of money. So I put the number out there. And, and she was like, great. And I said, you got to pay for six months in advance. No problem. I'll pay for six months in advance. Great. Perfect. Now, again, I will hit that value mark. But again, failure to me is, you know, let, let's go to, I coach our coaches into this one, the um, imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Right? When you step into the space of the imposter syndrome, what I'm hearing internally is you got to level up, right? You really have to level up. And if you are an imposter space because of, of maybe a failure that you've had, all right, it's maybe painful, get over it, right? And, and level up a little bit. Let's go back to my kids. So my son was playing in a tournament last weekend and um, he was playing someone, there, there's a rating system, UTR is what it's called. And he was playing someone that was one and a half, almost two points ahead of him. And and Addison, my son, had four match points against the guy. Mm. Did not execute, right? Did not execute. And he lost the match, wound up losing the match. Now, we, we, tennis world, we know that had he have won that match, it really would have helped his UTR even more. But it wasn't his time is what I told him. I said, it wasn't your time. You weren't ready to execute at the level that you needed to execute. So let's go practice that shot so that it's an unconscious competence space that you don't have to think about it next time. It's the same thing in failure, in my opinion, is mm-hmm. if you dwell on failure, right? So there's there's four things I, I always tell coaches, my kids, all this is, um, number one, you got to own it, right? Own whatever that failure is, own it. Take the ownership of it. Do not sweep it on the rug. Don't blame anybody else. Take a thumb, not a finger, point it right back at yourself. 
Number two, you have to experience it, right? Go ahead and experience that moment in time. If you want to dwell on it, that's your choice. Dwell on it. Number three, you've got to feel it. Feel what that feels like right in that moment in time, right? That's not a thought process. That's a feeling. Feel the emotion. Journal that emotion. And lastly, you have to release it, right? Mm. Let it go. You and I both know in the tennis space, right? I was taught that my right hand clearly is my dominant hand. After a point, I take my racket and I put it in my left hand. When I'm ready, I start picking my strings and that's the releasing time, right? You take stuff out of the dominant space, put it into non-dominant space because otherwise it would have cracked the racket and start picking the strings. You have to release. And so I'll have people say, well, how do you release, Adam? I said, that's a great question. So this is what I teach everybody to do when, to release. If you're driving down the road, you'll see a tree. You'll see the lines in the road. You'll see a sign, right? And internally that comes in. What do you do with it? If you don't need it, it's gone, right? You don't remember that sign that said exit 123. You don't mm-hmm. remember, but you saw it. And then you released it because you didn't need it. It's the exact same thing. If you can't release, it's because you've attached an emotion to it. And be careful because neurons will start to wire and fire together. And mm-hmm. then you're screwed, right? Because then you got to make a new habit to break that thing, right? That's so right. I could go down this space forever. That That's what failure has done for me in the success space is failing sucks. But at the same time, it's, it's it's again, we've heard this so many different ways in in, in, in the world now. Is it's happening for you, not to you. And I do believe that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a big faith-based guy. And, and I say thank you to when shit hits the fan, right? Because what so are you going to do? So. What yeah. are you going to do? So you much though. Own it, experience it, feel it, and release it. I love that. I'm going to, I'm taking those four and I'm imprinting them in my own brain to remember that. And I, we, you know, it's interesting. I have six-year-old twin girls and I've heard the language of can't recently in our house. And I've said to my husband, ah, this is language that, you know, I'd love to catch and I'm not sure what to do with it. 10 push-ups. That's our new, that's our new household <laughs> family, family model. We're doing burpees and push-ups to get that there can't out of here. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's that's so right. good. All right. As we wrap today, one of the things that I hear through your entire lineage Mm-hmm. is that coaching has been a part of every aspect of your life. Yes. Why do you believe that? I'm, gonna, I'm making an assumption here. Let me ask the question first and then I'll, I'll, I'll carry on. Do you believe that everyone should have a coach? Yes, I believe coaching solves everything. When somebody comes to you mm-hmm. and they don't have a coach, what are you saying to them that a coach can help unlock for them? I'll go back and ask the question to the question, what, what can't coaching unlock, right? Uh, we've had coaches that come into our Friday call that are new to our organization and they will share a challenge, right? We'll mastermind on opportunities. We'll mastermind on blueprint opportunities and, and I'll hear their limiting beliefs and I'll ask them maybe a little leading in the question. And I'll say, what does your coach say? And their response is, I don't have a coach. You don't get to come back on this call until you have a coach. Mm. And I just had that happen with one of our incoming coaches that was sharing some challenges and shared that, that, that she did not have a coach. And I said, great, you are a coach. You need to have a coach. I have four coaches myself in, in my wealth space, in my relationship space, in my coaching space, right? So we have to have coaches and in my physical space, right? We have to have coaches, I believe, because again, that is their vertical, mm-hmm. right? So I take my health as an example. So my father passed when he was 69 years old. And I told him before he died that I was going to outlive him by at least 30 years, right? So, and, and I jokingly, and of course, uh, miss him dearly. And he said, so you're only going to live to be 99. I thought you said you wanted to live to be 103. I was like, well, you're right. So, okay, dad, I'll, I'll outlive you by 34 years. There you go. And um so I went and hired, I hired a functioning medicine doctors to coach me up in this space. Right. And so I had to understand. So I get blood work done uh, quarterly. I go in and do DEXA scans. I understand my bone. Dent. I understand all these types of things uh, in the wealth space. Wealth is, is wealth building is important to me. I have a coach that coaches me in the multifamily syndication space. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so all of these types of things, Dan, I look at Dan as a, as a coach coach. And so he's coaching me up on how to do those things. I have a relationship coach. I got married again last August. 
And before I got married, I said, okay, fine. I need to be better in this space for my new wife. I need to be better in the relationship space. So I went and hired Dr. Kelly Flanagan, changed my life, right? Showed me what a real idiot I really was. No, I'm kidding. But showed me how to be a better husband based on relationships, language, communication, and so on and so forth. So yeah, coaching solves everything. I could not agree more. And it's always, it's always the aspect of if there's something in my life that's lingering or you know, we talked about firing and wiring, which I learned from Dr. Joe Dispenza a decade ago and really understanding how the brain works and all the neurons work. If I have a pattern that keeps showing up in my life and I'm not breaking it through all the means that I have within my own sphere at this point, it's the first thing I do. Okay. I need a coach in we, this year alone, we had a parenting coach. We had a relationship coach. I have a health and wellness coach. I have a business coach and all of those aspects are important enough to me that I need to pour into them. And so to have somebody as a mirror or playback or a space where I can go in and process what's actually showing up for me is so valuable to continue to unlock the next version of self. Right. And I just, I cannot say enough about coaching. I went through a coaching masters, frankly, just to ask better questions to myself and of others And that just led me to this place of, I don't know that I'll spend another year not having multiple coaches that I'm investing in. Well, and that's what led me. So I'm gonna give a shameless plug right here for our summit coming up in November. Yes. Simply because we've all been to business planning clinics before. And, And there's nothing wrong with a single space business planning clinic. Though, again, if we look at a wheel of life approach, that is one spoke in your wheel of life. And so I thought to myself, uh, pre-COVID, that I wanted to run a whole life planning summit. And so the idea there was, I want to bring in speakers, coaches, specific to those spaces. And so this year, last year, the year before, we have successfully done that and helped people plan their whole life for next year, not just Mm -hmm. their business life, not just their health life, not just their financial life, their entire life. So this year we have, so we'll lead off with, with a health, uh, my, my actual doctor is going to come in and talk about that. We then will move to a wealth space conversation. We'll then move into a financial space. We'll then move into a branding space. Well, then and, and, and between each one of those segments, we'll have coaches walking around the room and we have a big old workbook that everybody gets for planning that one segment of their life for next year. Oh, I love it. And then we'll go into spirituality. Then we'll mm-hmm. go into giving. This is one area that I really screwed up in the past with is adding giving to the planning phase. And then we'll have John Max will be our keynote speaker this year, which is super, super, I'm excited, super excited about that. So yeah, I mean, that, oh, that's incredible. shameless plug there for that. Uh, I love coaching summit2023.com and, and come hang out with us, right? It's going to be really, really powerful this year. Get in the rooms. If I can say one thing to anybody who's listening, it's the rooms have unlocked relationships, potential vision that I did not even know was within me. And it's about putting yourself in this room. So if you're, if you are listening and you have connected to Adam's philosophy, you're curious to learn more about him. You want to you want him to be one of your quote unquote, who in your inner circle, you got to put yourself in the environments to get closer to these people. And one of the ways you can do that with Adam is to get into his whole life summit. November, what are the dates? Where is it? November 2nd and 3rd here in Charleston, South Carolina. And you get get to go to Charleston. Come on guys. If you have not been, you need to get to that city. It was great. You know, and, and here's the thing. So my team worked so hard last year at the experience side. We even brought a hurricane through here for people to experience a hurricane. Last yes. Year. Wow. You really <laughs> wanted the customer experience to be we top notch. Really <laughs> Luckily, it was, it was just it turned into a tropical storm, but nevertheless, and we were in a glass room where we could see all the rain. It was really, really cool. No, no. The I Love Coaching Summit 2023.com is going to really be a great space for people to, as you said, get in the room. You can come hang out with Maxwell. I think we have 15 more tickets to sell in that VIP space. It's a breakfast with John, so it's going to be really cool. We have another VIP, which is just with all the speakers. And and I'll, I'll end this way. I didn't know Dan. Reached out to him via text. I'm sorry, via DM. You and I got connected in, in, our, in our accountability group, which is awesome. 
I flew to Canada, didn't know a soul in that room. I didn't even know where Kelowna was or what Kelowna was, right? And uh, magical place now, though I spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, a year to open up doors to keep me growing. And, and that's one thing that I know that I'll continue, that my kids are catching right now, right? And that, that to me is the most important thing is what is being caught, not necessarily taught. And we've heard that many, many ways as well. And that, that's important to me, right? Step into the room so you can catch everything that is being shared and, and absorb it your way, right? Absorb it your way. And, I, and I, I love this space. Love it, love it, love it. Taught, not taught. Love it. Adam, best place for people to hang out or find you? Websites, yep. DMs, where do you want people to connect? Yeah, you can come check us out uh, on our website, ilovecoachingco.com. Ilovecoachingco.com. You can come find me on Instagram, just Adam R. Roach. There's an R there in the middle. That stands for Ray, but it's Adam R. Roach. You can find I Love Coaching Co. on Instagram as well. DM me. Um, happy to set up a time and chat with anybody. If you want to be connected to a coach, you want to become a coach, we can, we can do all that and more. I love it. We will link everything up in the show notes. So it's easy. It's just one click for you to go find Adam and get connected to his world and all things that I love coaching. Adam, I can't thank you enough for, I said, can't now I got to get on. Now I got to do 10 pushups. <laughs> I'm so grateful for your time. I'm going to change my own language. There thank you, you so much That's for being good. here on the podcast. Jackie, thank you for having me. And I want to, and we didn't even talk about this. So our early bird signup is, is over. So any of your listeners, and I don't know when this is going to be dropped. It doesn't matter. They can have this. So if they use the code early bird, early bird 23, they get $200 off uh, of the summit. And that'll just be uh, my gift to your listeners. Thank you so much yes. guys. Get in the room, use that early bird code. We'll put that. We'll link that right beside the uh, sign up as well. Thank you so much, Adam. We're so grateful for you and cannot wait for the next time that we get to have you back on, on the Jackie Super Show. Thanks, Jackie. See you guys. Thank you for listening in to today's show. If there was a key message that landed with you, please share or send us a direct message on Instagram at Jackie Service and let us know. We love hearing from you. Also, to continue to keep this podcast growing, it would mean the world if you could take a minute and like and rate the show or share it with a friend. Our team is forever grateful. Until next time, we'll see you again on the Jackie Service Show.